It's time to get restless. Welcome back to The Restless Show. I'm Father Joseph Gill, and along with Diane, Lauren, and Paul, we're diving deeper into our Catholic faith as we restless young adults try to seek after God. You know, I love sports. I'm really passionate. Baseball it was my life as a teenager, and I still absolutely love it. Yesterday, I was playing an adult softball game which was not baseball, but close enough for people over 40. Still fun, right? I'm not over 40, by the way, but <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear. It was still fun. It was still fun. But sports has such an interesting intersection with our Catholic faith, and it's such a part of our culture, you know, a huge part of our culture, professional sports, kids' sports, adult sports, everything. So first, I'd love to hear from all of you. What is what is your sport? Did you do a sport in high school? Are you still doing a sport as a young adult? What's been your life's experience of sports? I mean, I, so I, I played soccer, field hockey, softball, uh, swam, and then in high school, really just focused on tennis. So that was the sport that I was good at, and I just kept going. Um, so I did that, and then in college, I got into running. So yeah, that's been my experience. What, Diane what got was you into really running? good at tennis, by the way. <laughs> she won't say that, but she was. <laughs> <laughs> She's also really good at running. She's, you've run yeah. a half marathon? Yeah, I've run. I've probably run like 10 half marathons. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, for me, it's really fun. I love running um, because it's just a chance to like relax and I don't know get away from people and be in nature um so I really like that and then it's also like as you do it more it becomes easier so you kind of get competitive with yourself and it's like oh I can you know let me shave off a couple minutes on this you know half marathon so it's, it's fun to see the progress so so what is your best uh personal best I think it was like 138 that's really good wow so, that's really good yeah I mean I'm not fast but I'm you know I I used to be like around too so, there you go. Yeah. So do you know what fun. your mile time is? Um, I probably run just like for fun on average, like seven between seven and seven thirty. Okay. Yeah. That's solid. That's yeah. very that's good. Solid. That's very good. Yeah, I think that's probably faster than me. So. so, what has been your experience with sports? Well, I'm sitting with three athletes, so that's interesting, and I don't consider myself one very much. But uh, <laughs> I played baseball until I was uh, just before I turned ten years old. And then I never played an organized sport since until Wilton, Connecticut Corporate Co-Ed Softball League, um, which was a rousing good time. Um, it actually was a lot of fun, um, but it would may have been referred to as a beer league, not a competitive softball league. Um, but in high school, I was um, I was very much a band geek, and I was in a championship-winning competitive marching band. Um, and so while I was not a football player, I've marched on several college and multiple professional football fields for marching band championships are at giant stadium every year whoa um wow. so it was a big deal um, what's your instrument i was in drumline i'm a drummer oh, and so. he's cool. really good by the way i'm he's very mediocre good. but it's okay. <laughs> there's a lot to look up to uh i play with i'm, I'm current i still play drums i play with phenomenal musicians so uh it's always fun to play with people that are uh, better than you which is great well i know that the amount of time you have to put in for a high school 
or even you know college drumline is so oh, much. It's, it's like it's like a sport i mean mm-hmm. we would watch really the is. football team not that we were working out the same way but we would work out and we would drill constantly and we'd watch the football team come and go every day and we'd still be there um what, what kind of workouts do you have to do when you're um we do running and push-ups and everything do you and really? then, yeah and then we would just march around quickly you know at like 160 to 180 beats per minute with our drums on without playing just to march like <laughs> oh over and over and over and over again it was it was intense oh my gosh yeah did, did you come home like sore from all the, the time yeah i actually developed some like lower back issues it's all fixed now but it was it was bad but every season i would lose like 30 pounds and then proceed to put on 30 pounds in the following <laughs> winter so uh so. if you could look at paul now he weighs about maybe 110 no, <laughs> so okay, no what? Well, <laughs> well i was yeah i mean i i'm i'm skinny now but in high school i was over 200 pounds so uh so it was uh it was easy to lose 30 and it was really easy to put it back on <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a cool activity. I didn't know. Yeah, so it was an intersection. We also got credit for it. So it was like a little cheat way that you could oh, do like wow. an after school activity and get get uh, like love, like honors level credit for something, which nice. is like ridiculous. But nice. That's the way it was. That's awesome. Yeah. So not much experience otherwise with sports. I run now a lot. Okay. Yeah. So what's your mile time? Uh, I mean, my <laughs> normal like for fun is I think I've been doing like 750 for like 10 to 13 miles every saturday holy cow like my normal one but, so you do wow. you do like a half marathon every weekend yeah usually 10 but i've done like if it's a really nice day i'll run the extra three wow but, um like my quickest like my 5k times will be well i guess on the pacing basis will be like you know between 6 30 and 7 something like that oh my gosh yeah so that that is an athlete it's that something it's yes something. It's, it's better than i used to be <laughs> put it that way <laughs> That's great. And of course, we you know Lauren is a professional frisbee, but you, play, you played other things in high school. For and... sure. Yep. I grew up playing sports my whole life. Uh, so I started with soccer and then basketball, softball. I tried lacrosse, wasn't so into it. I played tennis every summer. Um, and then in high school, I would play the sport well, since like seventh grade because I also did dance. And then I stopped dance like in sixth grade. So from seventh grade through my senior year, I always played a sport every season. So that was soccer. Then I switched to volleyball. Just, I got tired of soccer. I went and tried out and made it. That was really awesome, super fun sport. Then basketball and softball. And then the summer after high school, I was like, hmm, which one of these am I gonna play in college? I went to Ohio State, so it's a big school. I didn't intend to play you know, at the college level. Um, and I thought maybe softball, that's outside, that's fun, but I really love basketball, it's so aggressive, I don't know. And then I happened to see Ultimate Frisbee at the student involvement fair, and you know the, the girls that were there basically like clawing at you from across the table, like, hey, you look athletic, fill out our form, you know? We're having an event tonight, come check it out. I'm like, I've never played, like, don't worry about it, you know? So I went to like that first night, and I'm throwing backhands, and someone's telling me like, oh, you have to throw a forehand. I'm like, I've never done that. And she goes, well, they're going to force you to. And I thought she meant like, they're literally going to force you to throw a forehand. I'm like, I have never seen that before. But it was actually just a Frisbee term, like the force, like they're going to force oh, yeah. that direction. So I was like, oh my gosh, you. yes. And, the, and we were playing with guys. It was co-ed. I haven't played co-ed sports since like sixth grade. So that was intimidating. And then they realized, actually, we have enough women here to have just you know women only on this field like i think that was the first time that ever happened so we went over that field i'm like all right i can handle this you know um and it was fun and then the practice practice was the next day i went to that practice i took it all in you know there was a coach who was nice like she knew the game i liked her and i was walking back to my dorm like yep this is what i'm doing 
So that's how I found Ultimate, and I'm still playing, you know, competitively in non-COVID times and league year-round. I travel in the summer all over the place. I've played professionally. So that's my sport these days, yeah. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I played a little bit growing up. I played baseball in high school and one year in college, Division Three at Franciscan University of Steubenville. We lost every game uh, that one year in college. That's great. Aww. And because of that, they cut the program, oh, sadly. No. Yeah. What other... Did they have, was that the only Division three sport or they had other? Oh, no. Rugby was huge. Rugby, oh, rugby is still okay. huge. They're one of the best rugby uh, teams in the Midwest, actually. Interesting. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. I know. Were you like, second base? Was that your position? Yeah, shortstop, second base. Yeah. But uh, yeah, actually, I, I, in college, I set a record. So I played, ultra, I played uh, four sports. They had like intramurals all year round. So I did basketball and uh, I think uh, the fall was fo- football, basketball, volleyball and um something else in the spring I think ultimate frisbee and I set a college record for the most losses in a no. four-year career it was 104 losses and they gave me a t-shirt when I graduated for that <laughs> for setting the college record uh, teams that I was on 104 losses at wow. least you went out there it's about 22 and wins yeah it was that's honestly been most of the sports teams I've been, I don't okay. think I've ever been on a winning team for anything I was on um and when I was uh, I think eight I was on pop's pizza uh, uh, little league team, and we were undefeated until the playoffs. So that was fun. Nice. Yeah, not because of me. I think I played like two games. Pops Pizza. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Guess where we had our uh, our like postseason um, get together? I would expect nowhere else. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was Pops Pizza. If you went to like John's Best Pizza, you'd be like, wait a second. Yeah, no, that traitors. Was, yeah. Mm. So sports in today's culture is so everybody does it. You know, everybody watches it. I don't know if do you guys watch professional sports. What? What do you what do you watch? Yeah, I Diane? love baseball. I'm a huge Mets fan. Mets? And tennis. Ah. The US Open's on right now, so Is it oh sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get through this episode quickly so you can go and watch it. I'm a Yankees fan. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. You guys are still in the Ooh. same room? Why? What's up? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I have no animosity toward the Mets. I actually go to Mets games. That's because Mets lose and Yankees win. <laughs> Not last night, man, they blew a huge lead, but yeah, they did. that's okay. <laughs> I'm a Yankees fan, Giants fan. I don't follow sports though that much. I don't really care to watch I used to love watching the Giants, then they got really bad, and then the games are three hours long, you know? So I kind of tune in here and there, and now the NBA playoffs are happening, so I've been watching, and so now since I've been watching, this I think is actually the first year where I actually kind of know what's been going on and somewhat care, but <laughs> I'm just someone who'd rather play, you know, yeah. than watch. Yeah, being from Baltimore, all my sports teams are Baltimore teams. Ravens, Orioles, also have seen many years of losing. <laughs> story of my life but but you know with with our cultures so such emphasis on sports you know what is what do you think is kind of like the proper perspective on sports from a catholic standpoint you know i think like just uh, society often takes it too far right so sports become an idol um i know for example i don't like football at all but on sundays i would always get so annoyed that like you know people are like so preparing for games like five hours in advance like got to get up early to tailgate and like do all these things for the game and it's like okay if you're putting that much emphasis on football how much are you spending on sort of your spiritual life but I do think I mean I love sports I think it's taught me so much in terms of like I think it's virtue building honestly because it's like we are body and soul right so we're it's not those aren't separate um and there's a lot that you can learn from sort of like I mean just discipline and temperance and um you know um striving for striving to 
achieve you know i guess better results and pushing yourself teamwork there's so many things you can work on but the biggest thing for me has been like the self-discipline of like even just going for a run every day or you know doing some sort of exercise it's like okay i gotta make a commitment to do this because i want to do it for my health and um i think then it becomes easier to kind of like do things in your spiritual life of like fasting or staying away from things that you know that you should because you know you've done it in sort of your physical i guess life yeah, but it's, I think it's important to make that translation from physical to spiritual. Yeah, yeah, so of course. There was a kid I knew who uh, was working out three hours a day, and he asked me, like, you know, do you think it's wrong that I'm working out three hours a day? And I said, well, how much do you pray? Uh, well, you know, three minutes before you go to bed. <laughs> and I'm like, your body in 100 years is going to be eaten by worms. Your soul is going to live forever. <laughs> and let's put this in perspective, right? <laughs> so true. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fine line of making something into an idol versus having it sort of as, like, something that you do in the... In, your spare time that helps you to grow in virtue so where do you think that line is well i think that i think um maybe to answer that question a slightly different way i think that if you look at you know the course of of like human history we've always had some sort of sport you can look at cave drawings and you can see they're playing sports it's one thing and i think it's like a necessary element of human of of mankind that separates us from the animal kingdom the rest of the animal kingdom where we can go and 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 be competitive and go into duels with other people in a way that's not injuring other people in the normal course in the intent is not to injure somebody unless it's boxing or something but (laughs) the intent is to have a a healthy competition yeah um between two adversaries which is we see that in between species even in the entire animal kingdom but we have this gift of being able to do it in, in a conscious way where we're not intending to, yeah. you know, mortally wound somebody. Well, in a uh, sense, you look at two dogs playing, you know, they're yeah. kind of biting each other playfully. And then, mm-hmm. so it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of yeah. universal. Yeah, for sure. So if it's deeply rooted then within the human person, because it seems to be clearly is, where's that line then that we cross for idolatry versus, you know, the health, healthy sport that we need? Well, I think, you know, going along with that, I think when you when you engage in these healthy competitions and, and you do win, let's say, it does build you up, um, you know, build your confidence, it, it can build your pride. Um, and I think when that gets taken out of hand, that's where it becomes idolatry or or the opposite. If it's not even you, if you're if it's somebody, if it's a sports team, let's say that you idolize um, and that becomes your life and you get you get you're excited when they win and you get like terribly crushed when uh something that's completely outside of your control uh like loses um there's probably something that's not ordered properly there mm. um it's okay to like be upset when the yankees don't win because I, I i think that's pretty natural if there's something that we like and doesn't go our way that's just emotion and it's fine it's what we do with that that i think is where it becomes a problem where if i take that and then i'm just like force myself to be miserable for like a month you know um, yeah when they lose to houston again it's like mm. but I, you I, know it's it's it when, it when you take it too far is when it when it becomes a problem i think of the soccer fans who will go out and torch cars after a game that's and, prob- and yeah. that's when their team wins that's when they win barcelona like is destroyed you know after they won no. yeah exactly <laughs> like oh that may be over i think that's a good that's a good insight that your, your emotional reaction can be a pretty clear sign of how invested you are in this mm-hmm. you know and if you if you kind of universalize it and like the yankees losing or, or your own personal team losing is the worst thing to ever happen to you well yeah keep that in perspective yeah it's yeah. it's a game for sure you know yeah. i used to umpire for about eight years umpire little league when i was in high, late high school and college and i love doing it but i'll tell you the parents were like frothing at the mouth like 
that was a strike. I'm like, little Jimmy's eight years old. Like, you don't need to, you know, yell at that. But and parents are often worse than the kids. A lot of times, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of keeping things not in perspective. When we come back, we're going to take a look at what John Paul II, who himself was a great athlete, had to say about sports and how we can spiritually benefit from the sports in our life. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Restless. We've been talking about sports. We talked about kind of our own involvement in sports. I learned that Diane runs a half marathon every weekend, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) And uh, so all of us have been involved in sports and all of us are fans of sports, but we're trying to keep it in the perspective of our Catholic faith, which sports, as Diane pointed out, can be a great field of virtue, which is what St. John Paul II said. And of course, John Paul II was himself a great athlete. You know, his younger years, there's lots of... uh, stories of him sneaking out of the Vatican as Holy Father so he could go skiing out in the, the Alps, which is, or the Apennines, going down the, the Italian peninsula, which sounds really fun to do. But uh, I've often thought that our culture's emphasis and perhaps overemphasis on sports actually kind of points to like a deeper spiritual yearning. Have you ever maybe thought that? Yeah, I think it's the same thing with a lot of, um, not to be political, but a lot of environmental movements too. Um, it's the same kind of like you're 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 yearning actually for what you perceive to be and maybe it is in some cases like a greater good mm. um, and I think sports fills that for a lot of people where it's something outside of themselves and um, and it's you know there's there's excitement when it goes your way and it gives you a dopamine burst and it makes you feel better because you chose the right right team um, just like if you do something that's good for the planet or perceived to be good for the planet, it's the same thing. It's 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 yearning for this out this, uh, this external good that you're looking for. Um, and with sports too, you're united to seventy thousand other fans. You know, you feel like you're part of a fraternity, of a, mm-hmm. a group. You know, that's all winning together. That's right. Just kind of cool. And I think you're constantly like, if you think about it in terms of like self improvement, you're constantly pushing yourself, right, to be the best that you can be on the sports field, whatever sport that you play. And I think, I mean, in the spiritual life, if you're serious about it, you're you're wanting to. There's this desire to be better and like to be a better person, to be as best as you can be. So mm. I kind of see sort of that same um, hunger, I guess, in both. I think there's a difference, and what you just said, Diane, is is important. That I think we we separate the. Uh, sports fandom versus being an athlete um, a lot of great athletes don't really care about the sports fandom side of things um, <laughs> as much and I think you mentioned that Lauren where it's like you like sports you play sports but you're not like I'm not so invested you're not so invested on the external and I think that's that's important where it there is a there is a difference where you're pushing yourself and or, or playing with a team and everything versus just being a fan of a sport um, I think both can play a role and both can be important, but I think um, it's an important distinction to make when we talk about why that why that exists in the first place. Yeah, I think in some in a sense, sports gives somebody something epic. Mm-hmm. You know, even as a fan, you know, you want to. There's this this deep desire to see this battle between good and evil, you know, and to be a part of that, and to even as a spectator, you know, to kind of partake in that epic. Because a lot of people in their daily life, they don't see their life as epic. 
you know, they go to work, it's boring, sit there, you know, shuffle papers, answer phone calls and come home and just kind of live their humdrum life. And they're not seeing the epic story of Christianity, of how we're really trying to advance Christ's kingdom here on this earth and fighting against the powers of evil. And so for them, sports is the only epic outlet that's out there. You know? yeah. And I think the, the 70,000 screaming fans, I think it's similar when you think about it, if you were to compare that to like religious service um, and that, you know, shared experience, you also see that with concerts, you know, mm. um, and where you have, you know, some sort of, I personally have been to 16 Bruce Springsteen concerts and it's fun <laughs> uh, and some with 70,000 people at Giant Stadium. Um, I've been to one and it was a spiritual experience. Yeah, so. it's something else. <laughs> um, and uh, and my mother's been to 40, over 45, I think now. Um, so oh my gosh. It's our thing we do together, but it's the same oh, nice. type of thing where you're, you're not there because it's like tremendous acoustics or you're there to hear like new music. You're there to experience it with other people in a in a different uh, in a different way that you can't do yourself by yourself sitting in your in your room, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of people connect with that as well, and and that could be a good thing. I mean, you can you can build fraternity over that. Sure. Um, and and that can be a great way to to build good friendships and things too. So I think there's a, there's an element of that, but again, it can be taken too far. Yeah, I think that was one of the big great crosses of the the coronavirus shutdown was you know worshiping from your own living room is not the same as being surrounded by all these believers singing praying out loud you know just just that feeling of there's something bigger than me and my family here you know yeah sports is definitely i think a good parallel to the spiritual life i can't say i've ever thought of you know an athletic competition like between the yankees and the astros or whatever as good and evil so it's so interesting to me that Yankees you say that. that <laughs> yes, oh, I know. Just like, it's like <laughs> Yes, I'm a Yankees fan. I want them to win, but I never had that insight. So I find that fascinating. And I think there's probably truth to that. And especially for all the thousands of people, unfortunately, that don't have any faith, you know, that don't have God. Like, this is their way to, like, fight for something and believe in something, you know, mm. vicariously through yeah. the Yankees or whoever. Sure. There's another aspect of sports that's like probably I would say it's one of the most negative things because it takes all the any I don't know for me at least my opinion is it takes all the positive is, is sports gambling Ooh. and when folks do that as a way of as exercising an addiction or um, building that uh, which I think is um, it plagues a lot of folks especially boys in high school it's very bad and so you're building so you're not building a healthy like watching the Yankees, you know, with my dad is like a pastime, right? We've been doing that forever and screaming and crying at the same time, right? Um, <laughs> and, and, but if your whole focus is like trying to make money or just actually just being addicted, and, and that's a serious addiction and needs to be treated appropriately, um, building that when you're young creates a very unhealthy um, relationship with sports, um, which is probably, I would say, is probably like one of the worst elements. Yeah, of, of of sports, and I think that that, especially with with you know mobile phones and smartphones, it's so easy to do. Is that still around? Because I've never, I mean, I've never met anybody that's bet on sports. Oh, I mean, but I work sports in sports betting is right huge. Across the street. I know that's true. But that's 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 the ponies, but um, <laughs> the uh, but I know that in, I work in finance, and every single like guy in in their twenties and thirties that I work with, they all like seriously bet on sports. Really? Any sports. Like so, I'll do a Super Bowl pool, you know, pool, but Yeah, no, like every I mean, game. Like, yeah. Wow. Um, lots of like even when there's like, you know, 
when there's nothing going on in the United States, like professional darts in Japan, you can actually bet on that. There's there's a board in Vegas that has professional darts. Professional darts. It's true. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. I think you're right, though. That does kind of take away from, you know, just, yeah, just the fun aspect and element. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, sports should be fun. Yeah. There should be a diversion, they a pastime. Often fun for me, but <laughs> I'm glad that they are for most people. <laughs> Watching sports is more fun for me. Well, that's okay. I mean, that's, that's part of it. That's yeah. part of it, definitely. Now, I know that, you know, sports has been a part of the lives of saints as well. Are you guys familiar with any saints who had uh, sporting backgrounds? No. I'm not. Can really? you tell us about some? Well, I know, well, I know <laughs> blessed Pierre Giorgio Frizzati. Mm. He was a big hiker and athletic type. He's not a saint yet. No, close though. Close mm. though. I know that uh, St. Charles Borromeo was a big fan of playing billiards. Hmm. I don't know if you'd consider that sports. I think he would. Sport-esque, yeah. Sport-esque, you know. Yeah. Generally, again, gambling sport-oriented <laughs> well, <laughs> in bars, but yes, probably not for him. This is the 1500s. I'm not yeah. sure if they well, did it in bars. Maybe they did. I don't know. <laughs> But there's a great story of him, uh, I guess one of his priests, he was a bishop, and one of his priests came to him as he was playing billiards and said, Bishop, do you, like, if you knew the world was ending in five minutes, what would you do? Like, I mean, would you really be playing the sport? Like, wouldn't you be like running to confession or praying? Like, shouldn't that be what you're doing? And he said, no, I would continue playing billiards. And the priest was a little scandalized. I was like, what? And he said, well, I began this game with the intention of glorifying God. Why should I stop it just because I'm having fun while doing it? And the priest was silenced, and the story was passed down through generations. <laughs> yeah, and that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> that was the end, yeah, exactly. But no. I thought that was a great answer, because in any sport that you do, begin with that intention of glorifying God. You know. So and, would that be just like a short prayer that you say before you start? Sure, yeah. We, I used to be the Frisbee club at, I used to be the, uh, the coach of the Frisbee club at uh, the high school where I was chaplain. And we would begin every game with a prayer. And part of that prayer is, you know, Lord, let us do well. Let us, uh, you know, not get injured. But also, Lord, let us glorify you. Let us, you know, live a virtuous life here on this on the sports field. And I think another cool thing, too, I do this running, like, all the time. Like, today, for example, just on any hill. Um, well, I always, at the start of my run, just offer it for, like, the salvation of souls or, like, some in purpose. So I think that you can use that. To, no, seriously. But, you well, know, like when I don't want to go. Running is, is inflicted pain. Yeah, so. exactly. So I'm like, all right, this is going to hurt, but it's going to hurt for a purpose, you know? So I think you can do that. I mean, I find that very, um, I mean, at least I feel like then I'm sort of like, it's kind of like the morning offering, right? You're like offering something and um, using that to, I don't know, hopefully save souls. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think it's another thing that you can do. St. Paul tells us glorify God in your body. Mm-hmm. And using our bodies for athletic pursuits and for excellence is a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think training, I mean, it was, I, I like how you mentioned that about um, beginning. I think training, not necessarily playing a sport, because I think your, your, mental, um, your mental attitude has shifted toward whatever you're doing, which is fine. Um, but if you are training, like running or biking or, you know, in the gym of doing whatever, it's a great time. I don't find it, for me personally, it's a great time to do like prayer in the sense of like okay now i'm gonna like go for an hour long run and say the rosary that doesn't seem to be quite effective but it's a great time to just talk to god you know i i don't never bring you know whenever i go for a long run i never i never bring my phone and um and and do any i have no electronic device except for my like fitness tracker um but it's uh it's just a great time just to have a conversation that's completely 
and and influenced by your surroundings and and what's going on in your life right now and just completely disconnect yeah. without any pressure i feel i feel like i don't know why that is why i would feel pressure but sure for me it helps when i lift weights i listen to christian music or listen to christian podcasts yeah it's like great. restless <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and actually when i when i think it's the same thing with like while working because a lot of what i do is tedious and boring and so i listen to catholic podcasts all the time mm. so i might as well learn yeah. learn while i'm working yeah definitely and and training can sometimes be drudgery yeah tedious sure. boring lifting weights going for a run well, you're all making me realize how I have not been glorifying God <laughs> at all in all these things that I do, working out, lifting weights, playing ultimate. Oh, you don't have, I mean, you don't have But to. I should be, right? Because like everything that we do can be offered up, so it should be. And, and I know for myself, I am so competitive. Like I want to win and I play in a local league here. I draft every team. I want my team at the top of the standings. You know, I want us in the championship, which is all good. But I can also get really angry, you know, when things don't go well, like when people aren't trying or stupid mistakes stack up and I turn into this like horrible person. And like all this time, I just thought, oh, I'm just competitive. And like these people are not like measuring up, you know, they're not playing up to my standard. Whereas I think instead I should go into it like I'm going to use this game to glorify God because I can. And, you know, please give me um some patience here some understanding <laughs> like some humility and like let things go because this really is for fun as you said and there's so much well, more important things i shouldn't let all these things get to me and turn me into this crazy tyrant like that's screaming at everybody that we got to be better you know that's well great. i think there's a healthy balance between um you know pushing people to their limits and that's what sports do and and being angry I no that's there's, there's like there's very that true yeah. we've probably all had coaches that were on both sides of that spectrum yes and maybe go back and forth between them. Yeah. <laughs> and the other key too, I've learned, you know, as someone that's a leader, is you've really got to learn your teammates because some people can take direct yelling and it really works and others cannot. They absolutely crumble. And so you've got to be really soft and really supportive and just talk on the sideline after. Yeah. And that's a way that we can, you know, help serve each other and help grow. It's very true. Very true. You know, we had at, at the Basilica of St. John's, where we're all stationed, um, we actually had a, an amazing man who used to worship here, just moved to Florida. His name was Matt Burke, and he was an NFL player. He was a center for the Baltimore Ravens when they won their Super Bowl in 2000, I think it was, and a devout man of faith. He's got six kids, a really just wonderful man. And he came and gave a talk to my youth group a few years ago, and he talked about how in the NFL, he was part of like three or four Bible studies that would go on simultaneously with the Baltimore Ravens. And I guess... Uh, faith is very much deeply rooted, at least in the NFL. A lot of the players have a deep relationship with Jesus. And, and I think it's probably more than you think. You look at professional athletes and you kind of think, well, they don't have faith, they're just pagans. But that's not always the case. Some of them are really deeply religious people. And it's beautiful when you can see them inter, interweave their faith into their sports. And so that's my challenge for you listeners who are either watching sports or playing sports. Find a way to interweave your sports with your faith because our faith should really impact every part of our life, even when we're having fun and recreating out on the sports field or on the trail when we're running or working out, whatever we're doing. Do it all for the glory of God. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Restless. Join us next time. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Radio, 1350 AM, and wherever you find your podcasts. Catch you next time.